Welcome to Struggle Session. I'm Leslie III. I'm Jack Allison. I'm Emma Bowers. And today we're talking about a film that I've wanted to talk about for a very long time and one film that should not exist. Um, <laughs> we're doing the original anime for uh, Ghost in the Shell, groundbreaking stuff, amazing visuals, awesome, awesome thing that I'm sure is imprinted on every decent American anime fans' um, mind and heart and soul, perhaps even their ghosts. Perhaps it is even imprinted on their ghosts. <laughs> and then there's the shell of a film, the uh, <laughs> Scarlett Johansson vehicle wow. from 2017, uh, the American live-action adaptation of Ghost in the Shell, something that is really, really bad. So we're going to give you a little bit of good and a little bit of bad here. And we have, of course, our original anime correspondent joining us today, Mr. Alex Patak. Thank you so much for coming back on. Thanks for having me, Leslie. I'm the sweetest bitch you'll ever meet. <laughs> uh, well, well, we'll get to Scar Joe in a little bit. We'll, we'll start with the good stuff first. How about that? Yeah, sure. Hell yeah. Compliment sandwich to the Ghost in the Shell <laughs> franchise. <laughs> well, it, you do hit, that is the correct word, Ghost uh, franchise, because... Sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> well, fr oh, franchise, too, because there is a lot, a lot of Ghost in the Shell. There's the original manga uh, by um, Masamune Shiro uh, from, I think, uh, 1989. Um, there's this, the film that we're talking about today. Um, there's the sequel, Ghost in the Shell Innocence. Then there's two seasons of the TV show, Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex. And now it currently there's a, uh, OAV series, um, called, uh, Ghost in the Shell Arise. I think they have six, five or six parts now. And they also did a movie sequel to that Arise series. So you're not, running out of ghost in the shell material we're not going to talk about the whole thing you could probably do a whole podcast just of the ghost in the shell set but we're not just going to talk about the original anime film um right now because it fucking rules it is so so mm -hmm. good I, it's such a joy to watch everyone please your initial reactions when did you first uh see ghost in the shell i um it was one of those things i think you kind of grew up watching but i'll be very honest i didn't watch it until a couple of years ago i was getting an anime and it kind of hit the same problem akira had and it was like oh everyone just talk about a different anime you guys should all be watching i don't know naruto or something <laughs> and so it took me a while to finally get around to watching it and i'm just like this is so good. And I know we were talking about this if Akira, but I was like, I feel like this is probably one of, if not the best, like animated movies of all time. And it's also one of those ones that you can actually show to normies. Um, I got a coworker and her and her husband were like, Oh, we'd love to come over and watch one of your animes. Mm -hmm. And we let them watch Ghost in the Shell and uh they did not immediately leave and they said they want to come back and hang out with us. So <laughs> big success story all around. And next you're going to show them uh, Legend of the Overfink. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, Ghost in the Shell is maybe, you know, I guess we should get to this uh, uh, right off the top. It's kind of like the prototypical, this cartoon has naked ladies in it kind of thing. Uh, uh, maybe one of the first ones that you find out about. Like, I remember, like, learning about Ghost in the Shell first by seeing, like, the box art at like Blockbuster and being like, what kind of cartoon is this? When I was like a little kid. Uh, and I swear day? the first, <laughs> and I swear the first time I watched it was like, you know, secretly at a friend's house because I think, uh, uh, his father like owned the, the VHS. And, but what you end up finding out is that it's not just a, you know, weird hentai or something like that. It's actually like a very good, you know, sort of like cyberpunk, you know, thriller, uh, uh, that like stands sort of among, uh, uh, you know, all of the cyberpunk stuff, you know, from Matrix to all the rest of it. And more importantly, Jack, um, it is a movie about father's rights. <laughs> no, that was the big thing of Henry watching. It. I was like, oh, my God, there's a father's rights plot in this. <laughs> Jack actually uh, cuts into a very important aspect of uh, my first time watching Ghost in the Shell in that it is an anime where you watch it and you think there are going to be some boobies here and I'm 13 and then you watch it <laughs> right. and this is the first film I saw where there are boobies but they're not exciting because they're on <laughs> right. an android that is being destroyed yeah <laughs> makes which you wonder exci- what the whole thing is for which is exciting for some people in a different uh, sort of way I imagine um, <laughs> I but- like my ladies lifeless <laughs> <laughs> just like a Dell laptop woman <laughs> yeah, I remember the first time I, you know, found out about it. It was on demand. It was not on demand, but like on pay per view on my uncle's like satellite dish. And it's like, it is like rated R for like violence and nudity. I'm like, what mm-hmm. the fuck? I didn't know cartoons could be rated R. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, when you, when I first saw him, it, it's like this, you know, it's like the Blade Runner of anime. Like mm-hmm. it has this, you know, you know, this very deep and complex. Some might say incomprehensible plot at times. <laughs> it's like a police procedural for the most part. Yeah. Um, but it has, you know, these really stunning, um, visuals, really cool action scenes, fantastic, fantastic, um, score, um, score, just haunting. And, you know, you remember it for the rest of your life. And it just has so much, uh, going for it besides being like ultra violent and a little mm-hmm. bit sexy and just really, and, I really, really have always uh, enjoyed it. And and every time I watch it, I see something new and something I like a little bit more about it. That was that was the other thing about my first experience with it is uh, it was the age where I, I had just seen Akira and I'd seen Princess Mononoke. And I was very mm-hmm. into anime movies that kicked ass, you know, <laughs> where somebody would lose their arm and then a blood fountain shoots out and stuff. <laughs> and so I was, I was so excited to watch this. And there is a scene where she like fights a tank and she shoots a guy or whatever and she does a little bit of karate. But for the most, like the climax of the movie is a philosophical discussion between two robots. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I remember not liking it that much the first time because I was like, huh. Do more yeah. karate. <laughs> this is this this is another in the grand tradition of sort of Japanese meditations on what it's like if a computer you know was alive or something like that, <laughs> <laughs> which I think makes up about ninety percent of anime or, uh, or in that range. Yeah, or a large part of it certainly. So 
this is, of course, everybody remembers that horrible thread that went on a few months ago where someone was saying that uh, cyberpunk is inherently orientalist. And it's like, no, the Japanese creators right. were in dialogue with cyberpunk in the West. Clearly, this film is probably one of the best examples because, right. the Jap first of all, the Japan that they imagine is like America, right? Like, we're, like, it's a Japan that's like assassinating diplomats and keeping <laughs> immigrants out and denying asylum, legitimate asylum petitions. The first thing Major does in this film is like, blow a guy's head off in order to stop like some diplomatic exchange of some sort <laughs> our like, hero this, yes yeah this is uh japan uh, the japan um of the future that was canceled like before the depression hit if they would have stayed you know one of the world powers and then become you know regain its you know imperialist stance and do all that and basically become like another america well, thinking of uh, speaking of political power and just certain political things going on currently in our society right now, the city uh, that Ghost in the Shell takes place in is actually inspired by Hong Kong. So take that as you will. Oh, what? yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was Osaka because of all the big signs. <laughs> That, that was my level of analysis for this. Movie. I knew it was one of the big sign cities. And, you know, to find out that it's a different big sign city. Uh, if you think about it, there are only like five big sign cities. It really does narrow it down. There's a big sign part in New York, but it's not a big sign city. It's right. like Judge Dredd, and there's all like Mega City One. This is the future. Big Sign City One. Big Sign City Two. <laughs> think about it. It's for sure not Dubai, so we'll count that off. <laughs> <laughs> so Ghost in the Shell, what is this about? Um if you watch the American version, you get a you know, a really good explanation in the first five minutes of the film where they actually say the words ghost and shell fifty yes. times. <laughs> in the in the original anime it's not as meant to be as clear. Um it's not as ham fisted. You're basically you start off following like the most badass cop ever in um, in in the major um she can turn invisible she has a cyborg mm -hmm. a cybernetic body with tons of enhancements like all and all her crew i think that what do they call sector not sec, sector nine sector yeah. section nine right? section yeah. section nine they're all like these kind of mostly cybernetic police who go after terrorists because there's terrorists everywhere um in in is tokyo i guess you got to wonder if there's like a Blue Lives Matter analysis of this film. <laughs> Without all the red tape, our boys could be invisible and killing the chancellor. <laughs> I, I think that's a fair reading of this film because we don't – because the cops are like the good guys in this, unfortunately, right. sadly. Like even, even when they face like – somewhat internal conflict it's like other government agencies like not letting them do what they're supposed to do <laughs> or like covering up some other corruption they're like covering up corruption that the police the good police are finding out and i really what i really appreciate about the anime film that they didn't take from the manga which the um, tv series does have is that all these police are supposed to have like mobile tank units like the major has like a fucking tank <laughs> tank that she takes around in the other versions of this and i'm glad that was you know 
left out of it. She just has yeah. a, a bunch of fucking guns. And that yeah, thing. in the most populated <laughs> cities in the future. <laughs> Way more densely populated than New York now. There's just a tank with spider legs going down the street. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like I feel like where we are, you know, with uh, how equipped the police are, we're not too far off from every police officer having a spider tank in America. <laughs> well, and they, they get their own, like, arc in uh, the TV show. They're called the Tachikoma, and they're like, oh, they're really cute, and they have, like, little cutesy-poo voices when they talk and stuff. And they're just like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm wow. sorry. I got a flat cannon, and I'm using yeah. it to bust open popes. <laughs> yeah it's really just um I, the only limiting factor here is our spider leg technology is not strong enough i know damn pour one out <laughs> and so the plot which is i i ha- do have to say is extremely extremely convoluted um there is a cyber terrorist called the puppet master who's going around ghost hacking people and committing acts of terrorism and ghost hacking is if he can actually like mind control people who have been cybernetically upgraded, which fucks up the major because she is like almost entirely cybernetically enhanced. And she starts wondering like, well, if I can just be taking over, if I can just be taking control, like who am I? What am I anymore? Am I still, you know, a human being, but this is all, you know gotten across and i wanted to emphasize this for when we get to the live action film through just like scenes of her like staring out the window right like she doesn't actually say any of this out loud because she's a very like stoic super badass character i actually love the major and how like don't Mm -hmm. how she does not give a fuck uh basically about anything (laughs) There's one little scene and I love it. And she's just like on a barge or something. And she goes by a window and she just like happens to see another cyborg that has the same body as her. Yeah. And there's just this little quiet moment. But yeah, like um, just just her, I guess, not dealing with these like insane conflicts or anything, but just this little thing like, how do I know I'm me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It, like the like the the intro scene which is, you know, very famous of her of a uh, a body, a cyborg body being be- built piece by piece. Um and you see that it's the same body as the major and what I didn't pick up on before uh when watching it is was that like her, that was her dreaming because she wakes up immediately after um and that was her dreaming about, you know, being made and given uh life to the current body she's in and that's how like that's how like manufactured she is because everybody in the world has like different levels of cyber enhancement but she's pushed her body to the absolute uh, limit that's why she's such a good cop this movie is very uh before it's time in a way because it really was the first one to tackle imposter syndrome (laughs) (laughs) it's like very on top of it she doesn't know who she is and we don't know who any of us are and yeah. that you scene just where the major... her, you deserve to be there. <laughs> <laughs> you killed the chancellor. That was you. You're you valid. <laughs> You're invisible. <laughs> she was the first cop with tripophobia. 
<laughs> Dude, I think I think I think tripophobia is funnier than anybody else. I've dropped it on like four podcasts now, and everyone is always like, ha. I, it's because it's not <laughs> Alex is not funny. It's not a funny thing at all. I have it really bad. It's awful. It's an awful it is, thing. It is funny. You, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> what do you are you are do you does it does seeing the new iPhone like fuck you up? No, the new iPhone is fucking bullshit. That was just clickbait, but like seeing like you know those little like seeing like if it's ever on a human being like oh my fucking god i, I get fucking creeped out <laughs> like when so a frog bit. gives birth <laughs> yeah yeah that's oh jesus fucking christ that is you're, no you're, bueno. you're, you're triggering it right now just by talking about it am i triggering you leslie with my serious ghost in the shell discussion <laughs> <laughs> So you you have this plot. Basically, from that, it becomes kind of this procedural where the cops are trying to chase the hacker. And then you find out that the hacker is actually not a person. He's an AI that was mm-hmm. created to in order to bypass all these systems and hack all these systems that are supposed to be unhackable. Because your ghost, your soul in your cyborg shell, no matter how many enhancements you get, is not supposed to be able to be changed. Um, but this uh, is a AI was developed by the government to do so, and it developed its own self conscious uh, sense of consciousness, and so. It was trying to get diplomatic immunity or something. <laughs> or, I, it's very. It's, it's the plot of Lethal Weapon too. <laughs> it's very complicated. Like so, Megatech is the company that manufactures the shell and made um, the Major's body actually. And so the hacker created, broke into Megatech and created a new body, but it was actually a trap by the government to trap him into the body and then the body gets hit by a truck and the police take it but actually he <laughs> wanted to go to the police so he can tell the truth about what the what project 2501 was doing but then the government shows up and they're like give us the body and then they hire a bunch of invisible assassins to kidnap the body while they're there so they're not leaving a trace and then the major and them go after the the people who actually work for the government who were the kidnappers in order to get the body and then we're at the end of the movie basically (laughs) yeah yeah well you know thank you leslie because i i just watched the movie and uh it was a little hard to uh uh i i don't know that i'd be able to recount the order of events like that yeah, so there is a plot to this film, but it's not really about the plot. It's more about the visual. It's more about the mood. And it's more right. about the, you know, the philosophical question at the center of this. Like, what is it to be alive? What does it mean to be, uh, not, not even necessarily human, but alive? Because the AI is wondering, am I alive? Do I actually have a life? What's my purpose? Um, how do I get, you know, like rights and stuff like that? Because he's trying <laughs> to uh, not be eradicated by the government agents that, uh, uh, created him. It's, uh, and so when you, when you watch it with that feelings, like the, the plot kind of just washes uh, over you <laughs> and you just enjoy like the, the fights and the moodiness right. and the, uh, sto- all the stoic characters, uh, being, uh, cool, looking cool and shit. I was going to say it, it's, uh, <laughs> 
It's a movie we all love, but there's four people in this chat who've all seen it a hundred times, and we're only 90% sure how it ends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, Leslie, what you said about letting it wash over you, I think, is, uh, is, is probably the most uh, apt way to describe, uh, uh, the best way to enjoy it. It's still washing over us now. <laughs> I like when the major tries to pull a lid off a tank. <laughs> yeah, so that that scene, that 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 final uh fight scene, I think is one of the best anime fight sequences of all time. Cause just because that that really like somber music that they have playing throughout, and it's just the major by herself versus a fucking tank, and she's like, "I have to take it on by myself." Yes, all <laughs> I have is a rifle. It's one of the most badass things yeah. in any movie ever. She's like telling people, "No, no, you go away. I, I I don't need your help. I'll take care of this myself." And there's no hesitation from her. She's just like, "I fucking got this." She has that supreme confidence uh, in her herself and in her ability and the way it's played out like the i don't know if the is correct word but like the cinematography it just lets you is the action is just looks beautiful and every like a hundred video games have ripped off this scene where you Mm. have to move from pillar to pillar while this unstoppable tank uh blows up the scenery (laughs) around you it's such a fantastic scene and it's even fucking raining and it takes place in what looks like an old museum or something yeah like it's so cool like there's a fossil that's true that setting is confusing (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's like a a base relief of like a fossil uh like a like a (laughs) dinosaur fossil like in the wall that the tank shoots up and if you if you notice there's like the uh the like genus family tree of like all of life and then when the tank shoots up all the like sub trees and just leaves like human uh, left as the only one that's not destroyed. That's the uh, symbology for you right there. It's a metaphor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not to be taken literally. Um, I would love to see a boomer meme of the major destroying the tank that's like, at 22, we used to rip the tank open with our arms, but now you just want a handout? <laughs> I'm pitching these to old people. I think they're good. Well, here's the thing that I really liked about it and shocked me the first time I watched it and still shocks me to this day. She doesn't actually rip the tank open. She tries and she, she tries. destroys, she destroys her body doing it. Like her, like she, her arms rip apart, her back rips open. Like it's one of the like fucking most amazing scenes in all of anime and her body just like, then she just becomes a doll and the tank just starts tossing her around and you're like, Oh fuck. But then our boy. Bateau comes yes. and saves the day with his high caliber weapon. <laughs> <laughs> he gets that chopper out on the tank and manages to take it out. Um, and, and then we get there and then it's the real ending of the film where the major and the AI have a psychic conversation with each other. Like in cyberspace <laughs> where they decide to merge into one being. 
for some reason. It's it's really <laughs> philosophical. I don't really Leslie, know the point. Leslie, when it's cyberspace, it's not it's not uh, uh, telekinesis. It's the DMs. They actually <laughs> into DMs right Slide there is what they did. DMs. <laughs> into the yeah, the most pivotal DM conversation of all of humanity. Where because uh, the major because. When you're going through it, you might think that the major feels that she's becoming too robotic, um, because she's replaced most of her body. But it's the exact opposite, actually. Yeah. She's not robot enough, she feels by the yeah. end, apparently, and decides to merge with this AI consciousness who wants to, you know, have some more of humanity and wants to reproduce, wants to create, uh, something new, uh, from itself by merging um with the major and they do it and um it's not a very um exciting sex scene i have to say <laughs> <laughs> it's mostly uh mostly just like feathers falling from the sky or something yeah it's very tasteful you know it's very tasteful yeah, very, is what it is very tasteful and then um they form uh, a startup the- of their minds <laughs> and then the government and it should be said like the cyborg body that the hacker uh is in is a a exact copy of modoko's body too so she really just um has sex with herself in her in in her in (laughs) cyberspace uh to reproduce with herself um so yeah wow narcissist yes very much so and um Government hired terrorists uh, try to kill them, but Bateau, again, he manages to save the day. And then he puts the major, somewhat problematically, <laughs> in the body of, like, a little girl. And he says, oh, this is the only uh, body I could find. It's not my preference, yeah. I promise. Okay, dude. Yeah, all right. I bet. I bet. According to the beliefs of the animator, you're the ideal woman now. I'm putting it in the movie. <laughs> That's something we believe, and we stand by it. Um, according to the laws of Japan, you are allowed right? to put a body yeah, of, a thir- I mean, of a woman into a 13-year-old cyborg body. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the movie's all about like what it means to be alive, and then right at the end, they want to throw in that idea. And also, if she really was an adult, does it still... <laughs> <laughs> These are issues we have to deal with in the future. Can you have sex with a supreme being if it is 14 (laughs) it's the same shit that happened to alita it's like the exact same thing that happened to alita because she has to be in a a battle angel alita she has to be in the little girl's body for like the first half of it because that's all they could find allegedly yeah (laughs) got a lot of little girl bodies alita is litigious (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's like you know it's true because like when she wakes up bato's like oh this is my safe house this is all i could find i'm like what was that doing no. in your safe house, Bato? <laughs> why, why don't you stop making so many extra little girls? Make Stop making so many extra little girls. <laughs> what if I need them? See, everyone says, everyone says it's creepy, but now I have one. I bet we're all pretty thankful I have one. <laughs> all right, so... Ghost in the Shell. I love this movie. I mm-hmm. could, I will watch this movie forever. Could I say what the plot is? Probably not. <laughs> but there's so many, like, it's so funny. Just, <laughs> there's just so many, like, cool scenes, like, all the, all the action. There's not as much action as you think, but all the action scenes are, like, really are, good. Like, her and fight. So well the, animated, too. Like, we've yeah. been talking about how cool they are, but we haven't necessarily talked about, like, this is like high frame rate sort of, you know, movie style anime animation. You know what I mean? Like, and it 
is fucking cool to see. It's really like this. Every sequence is awesome. Yeah, this is the height of anime. This is when they were like inventing computers to like help animate animate yeah. shit. They were inventing Instead computers now, to ruin Berserk. <laughs> <laughs> now we're now that's what we're doing. Um, but yeah, it it's just like there's some like the the camouflage uh, fight in the water, um, like the car chases, like all of it is just like. It's just so visually stunning, and all the costumes that everybody is wearing are, you know, really, really cool. Even in real life, as um, Scarlett Johansson um, uh, found out in in the film, and our own uh, an- official anime correspondent, who cosplays as Motoko sometimes. Scarlett Johansson is not allowed to be the only white bitch who dresses up as a major. <laughs> <laughs> if you saw the movie, there's a reason. <laughs> she's white for a reason <laughs> technically yes yes before we get to that final thoughts on ghost in the shell everyone i mean ghost in the shell rules there's a reason why it's like you know the prototypical you know uh uh like it's a there's a reason why almost all of us were it was like the first movie that made us realize that cartoons could be uh, uh not for little kids i have to make a full disclosure here um i currently live in an apartment where we have an entire shelf and it's just devoted to various dvds of the ghost and shell franchise oh, so hey. yeah <laughs> like um i come from a very pro ghost in the hell ghost in the shell household and going back if you're like oh i like anime or i like animation or going even back i like films you owe it Mm -hmm. to yourself to watch it it's just absolutely fantastic you really do Mm -hmm. i can confirm i am also in emma's apartment (laughs) and it is around six times bigger than any new york apartment and (laughs) at least 15 percent of it is ghost in the shell related wow (laughs) which just would you would you even be able to fit this amount of ghost in the shell stuff in any new york apartment i would have to buy a separate home That's just, I'll be like, that's the major's house. Ha ha. And people will wonder where I got the money. But I have to get it for my Ghost in the Shell stuff. Ghost in the Shell, and I feel this way about a few anime movies, (laughs) really cements that if you um, want to do abstract poetry stuff and be very weird and vague about what your story is, that can work for you if you just commit to it 100%. Because this movie is so good, and again, I do not fully understand what happens. And you watch the American remake where they spend <laughs> so much time clarifying everything, and you're like, boo! Say something about <laughs> yeah. Descartes! Yeah. This sucks ass! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yes, so the 2017 Ghost in the Shell. <sighs> oh boy. All right, so now a ghost first we gotta get is to the soul, and it can be in <laughs> yes. a shell or Which body. Is your body. <laughs> this is the movie Ghost in the Shell. Welcome. That's a quote. From so the film. I have to say, yes, it is a, pretty much a quote from the film. So you have to say there was some controversy about Scarlett Johansson's casting. I will take a controversial stand and say I actually think it's fine. If she were like a good actress, but she's not. <laughs> but I, I, I do not. And Rico Kikuchi is a much better actress and I much would prefer to her. But I actually think that it possibly is okay to have a white person star in anime. Okay. And this is a controversial take, but you know, a lot of people got mad because it's like, Oh, you're, you know, you're whitewashing cultural appropriation. And I just have to say, you cannot culturally appropriate 
appropriate an empire. You cannot <laughs> a former <laughs> imperial spicy. power. This is spicy. You cannot culture. It. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's not. I'm sorry. It's just not the same. And when you actually, you know, and you see this in the film, representing in the Ghost in the Shell film, where like. Japan is this, you know, futuristic empire that does like fucking assassinations and all that mm-hmm. and puts up and is like, you know, putting up a wall against immigrants, which they do do like now, you know, it's, it's a different thing. And when you ask, you know, there's a video where they ask Japanese people on the street just about how they feel about Scarlett Johansson ca- casting as well. And they were all just like, Oh, she looks cool. <laughs> that was the only, you know, you only know what I think? So hot. I, I think people in other countries, uh, uh, like in China and Japan and stuff, like to see movies that star like movie stars. And I think that that's kind of like the sub problem of that we only have, you know, uh, uh, like white movie stars or yeah, whatever. Right, yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, I think yeah. people are like, everybody was mad at like Matt Damon for the great wall and that one being, you know, another uh, uh, white savior tale or whatever. First of all, it wasn't, but also yeah. like that was made by a Chinese film company and they wanted fucking a movie star to be in it. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Like they made it for a Chinese audience and that's what Chinese audiences want. Uh, with that said though, Scarlett Johansson is fucking terrible in this movie and is so wooden and awful in this movie. So I can't defend her as an actress. I agree too. Like it's the root of a deeper systemic problem, which is in American culture, we just want to have white actresses. And yeah. so it's like, I was thinking about this because, um, I was watching the boys and, um, uh, Karen Fukuhara. Am I saying that right? Like, I'm like, oh, she would have been a good major or, um, I'm not going to pronounce her name. Um, Deachin Lockman, I believe. Like she would have been a good major, but they're not big movie stars. And going back, you got to make that bling, got to make that overseas, you know, Chinese and right. Russian money. So you got to cast Scarjo. Jack will back me up on this, but I think all the problems in this movie are like Hollywood problems. 100%. Oh, yeah. Where they were just yeah. like, yeah, we need casting, casting for the major, casting for the major. Who's hot? Who's <laughs> a right. hot Borg? Look at ScarJo. She's in Avengers. She's where she's invisible. Right. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do. I do want to say that there is a like a really legitimate concern about like the fact that there aren't more like Asian movie stars yeah. that you could uh, slot into this role, or you could have slide someone like Ariko Kikuchi who has starred in big movies. I I'm so mad she was not in this film. Well, I was until I actually saw the film, and it's absolutely uh, garbage, and I'm kind of glad she didn't have to suffer through it. Let's get into this fucking movie. Let's go. Because I'll say the good things, right? It does, in a lot of ways, accurately copy the things from the anime visually right right the, the anime looks really cool they 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 don't just borrow from the live action anime the, like the first scene is from um standalone complex um yeah. the first with the uh, robot geisha um a lot of these visuals are actually kind of good oh are costuming good. my goodness somebody <laughs> deserves an award i mean look I, I, I have to agree, Leslie, that there are moments in this movie where they kind of like effectively sin city it. And I'm like, well, cool. Like, it's that shot in real life. That's yeah. cool. <laughs> there is a good story I like sharing, which is I went to go see this with my boyfriend. I also ended up, long story, seeing it with um, 
Bato's voice actor, his wife, um, the original ADR sound director, and the woman who wrote the original localization on the original like movie. Oh, so we're, wow. yeah, so we're all in the theater. We're watching this very mediocre movie, and there's that scene where the Basset Hound comes up, and we all like cheer because we're huge fans <laughs> of the anime. We're the only people in the theater that's cheering. Like everybody on is looking at like, like who are these these crazy baby boomers and their poor children who have to like bring them along to a movie? Like what's yeah. happening? <laughs> the dog. And, and so, and you know, like the first problem is, of course, them like belaboring the point of explaining what a ghost and a shell are, which is kind of, which is so yeah. ridiculous because people are, you assume that anybody watching this has already paid to see it. They've gotten over the somewhat obscure title already. So why are you explaining it to them? I can understand if you were actually going to put those scenes in the trailer. Maybe that would make sense, but those scenes are really boring. You would never put them in the trailer. I think they should have to explain all movies' titles at the beginning of the movie. It reminds me of how um, when Eisner took over uh, Disney in the 1980s, the original Great Mass Detective was going to be called like Basil of Baker Street, and he was like, "No, no one will get it. We have to call it the Great Mouse Detective." <laughs> <laughs> it's too confusing. Look, he's a freaking mouse. Yeah. What do you need to honest. know? They're reservoir dogs. They're yeah. here by the reservoir. Of war yeah. and their dogs of war. Do you understand? Enjoy the film. Yeah, and and so uh, the other problem that starts immediately when you're getting Ghost in the Shell explained to you is this film doesn't start with like the badass action scene and so showing you how cool Major is. It show it starts off with the scene explaining the entire mystery of the movie. Like from the start, they explain what the mystery of the movie that the major spends time trying to find out is. And it's that, that instead of her being a badass police officer who has progressively cybernetically enhanced herself, she is a scared little girl whose mind was put wholly into a cyborg body in order to turn her into a weapon. Now, this take is more anti-cop. To be fair, but otherwise is pretty uninteresting and boring and things we've already seen before. It's super boring and American. It's they do the same thing in yeah. every Hollywood movie where they're just like corporations. Vaguely, they're bad. And technology, <laughs> what is it? That's our movie. What I do not get, like, is okay, so she's like a teenage girl who was put in the body of a cyborg cop. Like, but like they mentioned that they're like, oh, this happened a year ago. How is she of a rank of major? Yeah. <laughs> really good. <laughs> this little girl is like better than we've ever seen. <laughs> she played Fortnite a lot, so she was ready to go. <laughs> she set up the Instagram profile for the police department. That was two promotions right there. And so immediately you're like you've taken away so much of what makes the major like this cool like I don't give a fuck character by making her like and especially when you have make Scarlett Johansson be the one trying to like emote and be sad and get all these scared feelings out because she's not really good at it. She actually could be a good stone cold killer, but you don't really see that for much of the movie. I'm trying to remember because I remember once feeling the idea that Scarlett Johansson was like a good actress or something, but I'm now struggling to remember why I ever thought that. You, you like, probably this, watched she, Under the Skin. 
Maybe. She's <laughs> so bad in this movie that I it made me like reconsider her altogether as an actress. She's like so wooden and does nothing. Like she's just like hitting like visual marks. And which I guess somehow, is hard. Somehow does not successfully portray a cyborg. I yes. mean, that's yeah. such a huge misstep. Yeah. But what's wild is going back to the original anime and Leslie says itself, which is the majors, is very stoic, fiercely and Independent, like almost stubbornly, like tenacious character. And this person who is animated conveys so much subtlety that the human actor mm-hmm. cannot. Yes. Yeah. I, I swear that Scarlett Johansson has less like life and movement than anime, which is like sometimes animated at like eight frames a, a second. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the scene where she sits down with uh, what turns out to be her biological mother and they just do like face reacts. Oh, just cut it out. Oh, man. Just get it out Bad. of the movie. It, it slowed the whole thing down. It was like I an felt hour so 50. bad for that woman. I felt so bad for that. Yeah. Poor, uh, so uh, why you tweeted Momoli. something along these lines? But I think if you recut this movie, it is salvageable. You just have to I, take out all of the pandering and acting <laughs> moments. Yeah, I swear. Like I also like they them doing this like made it even weirder that Scarlett Johansson is a white lady too like they went out of their way to like make it even weirder that like she's a little Asian girl in a white lady's body like that's not in the original like what the fuck so because of the backlash they were like uh oh like people are gonna be really mad that we have like ScarJo as opposed to like yeah an Asian actress we if we justify it it's gonna be okay it's so ridiculous it's so ridiculous because it's the same <laughs> problem that that Wachowski movie had where they had all the people in yellow face right so yeah. if you're in the future whether it's Korea like the Wachowski movie or uh, Tokyo like and um, in Ghost in the Shell there's going to be white people there there's white people there now it's, it's <laughs> you can just put white people there yeah there was a little bit of backlash but if the movie was actually good and not garbage people probably would have gotten over it especially since they did it, it hire you know, beat Takeshi. I think he could have just on his own. I love the fact that he only did his dialogue in Japanese in and everybody reacted. Okay, for me though, I found that weird because he'd say something in Japanese and they'd be like, oh, of course, Sariaki. I'm like, like, like he's Chewbacca or something. It was, I found it weird. <laughs> I, I I liked it. I just went like, oh, all, he's so badass that they all have to learn how to at least um, listen to Japanese in order to uh, respond to him. And he's probably uh, chastised them for their poor pronunciation. So they're afraid <laughs> to speak. He's probably don't speak. He's probably said, don't speak to me with your damned white Yankee tongue. <laughs> white devil's voice. I found that genuinely confusing that there was one guy speaking Japanese and everyone else spoke English but understood Japanese. <laughs> Are we supposed to understand that like they all normally speak Japanese or this the, guy the is thing, like the one the guy who speaks thing, Japanese? I thought that maybe they just had like like augments Im- or something implants like or implants. Something, yeah. uh, uh what the only thing I liked about the one guy speaking Japanese is that they did cool subtitles. I like that like action movies now have cool subtitles. John Wick does them <laughs> too. When the yeah. subtitles come on all 
like cool and special effects. <laughs> I like cool subtitles, and, and this the, uh, this uh, movie did not disappoint. They did the iMovie alternate like title effects yeah. approach, <laughs> where you can put them in the top right corner. Ooh, yeah. what are they doing up there? <laughs> I have to say, I wish Juliette Binoche had spoken French in this film instead of English, because her character and her arc is awful. Awful, like completely unnecessary. She's terrible in this. She's almost as bad as Scarlett, even though I know she's a much better actress than her. That felt so weird that they put her in because she's not a character like, wait, I'm, I'm spacing. Is she the, the scientist or is she the extra cop they wrote on? She's the scientist. Okay, she's okay. the scientist, like the substitute mother mm. for Modoko. All right, all right. No, I was just thinking because they add in like that other like cop lady who's not in the, the thing. Like, see, see, we have like, we have, we have like, you know, diverse casting here. And that was weird. You, they actually do like they have like their whole team is like very like diverse. I wish we had seen more of the team just doing stuff like this could have been like instead of like having this convoluted backstory where we're learning where the major really come from. And we learn that actually she was just like a shitty teenager. <laughs> wow. Amazing reveal there. Like you could have just done this as like a cool ass cyberpunk procedural, like the standalone complex episodes are. They're just like, uh, there's a cyber terrorist and we have to find them and let that be it. I don't know why they had to do the big backstory, the big secret, especially when they revealed the secret in the first five minutes. This is what uh, I was saying man they boil everything down to these like arcs you see in a hollywood action movie because it's the only way you can get executive producers on board to assure them you're gonna make a movie that makes money is like there's character arcs we're finding out who she is later (laughs) we're not gonna not explain what a ghost is we're gonna tell them right away what a ghost is give me 10 million dollars right now so there's one thing that i actually liked about this movie more than unliked about any other iteration of Ghost in the Shell. Maybe controversial, but I actually liked Michael Pitt as the like site as that like uh super hacker. I love Michael Pitt as an actor and I actually thought he looked really cool and probably gave the he best looks like performance. Cable, kind of. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, he it's gave too the too hot. I don't approve. <laughs> well, it threw me uh, off on the movie. He's supposed like, to be like a cyborg, and even though his face opens up, you're like, God, you're symmetrical. <laughs> so, like, those three minutes where he's explaining everything to Scarlet, I am kind of on board with the movie. I'm like, all right. All right, maybe, yeah, maybe yeah, we can go with this. He's, you know, trying to get revenge on the people who stole his life, and he wants the major to help him. Okay, I can, I can get with that. And then it just takes a nosedive because then it's just more Scarlet, like visiting her mom and all that shit. Like, <laughs> it, it, like this movie has moments, but it's, it's not a good whole at all. All the reference and they like all the re- like the it could have been such a simpler and better story where Scarlett Johansson would not have had to act at all. And it would have been so much better. The moments where they copy the original movie shot for shot, hey, those were good. Yeah. <laughs> those were cool. Those were cool. It was it was cool to like watch like basically like a Vimeo of someone's like effects reel uh of a of sh- like truly like you know how like fans used to do that kind of shit on like Vimeo? Like that's uh, that's like the only the only thing I can give this is that it's like a, a pretty good fan Vimeo of Ghost in the Shell for a couple shots. We watched all of uh the Dragon Ball effects videos for Balling Out Super slowly over the years where just like French teens made 
a movie where the androids <laughs> fight or whatever. Yeah. And this was like a uh, one of those, but with a budget bigger than God. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. every other decision in it was a terrible mistake. Yeah. But again, yeah. uh, costume department, great work, everybody. Those are spider geishas. <laughs> they killed it. <laughs> There's one scene in particular that was really great in the anime film, and they completely fucked up in this one. Just like with the solo tweaks they made to it the garbage man right the oh. garbage the car- the garbage man in the in <laughs> ghost in the so shell it's such it's such a sad thing in the in the anime version he's been conv- he's con- been convinced by the hacker that he has like a wife and a daughter that he's trying to reconnect with and the police have to break it to him that they actually do not exist and he's just broken and it's a really sad like moment in the film it's like a 10 minute scene where like the cops are like taunting him and making fun of him for like, and like think he's lying about believe about believing about his wife and daughter. Like they keep calling him a liar for some reason. And at the end, he fucking does to himself what they claim Jeffrey Epstein did to himself. <laughs> he jumps up and, bra- and breaks his own neck in the police, res- in the super cop restraints. This should not be possible that you can hang yourself. In How the super did they cop know? Restra- how did they know in advance? Yeah, and then, uh, then and their reaction to him killing himself, this ultimately innocent man, the cop turns around and says, "We gotta go." Like w- immediately, like she is just completely fucked up and completely fucks up one of the most emotional scenes from the original. I I don't know how they do this. Yeah, they don't. Uh, maybe it is like you were saying. Like this movie is anti-cop in a way the original one isn't. <laughs> they're being assholes to this guy, and he kills himself. And they're like, "Good, <laughs> we're in charge of protecting him, but he's a dick." <laughs> <laughs> So this film, it's just such a missed opportunity because I think just if you had made like a direct copy of the anime in the laziest way possible, it would have still been gotten away on just the visuals alone. But they tried to do this. They like have the main bad guy who's like this corporate CEO suit. They have him drive the spider tank at the end instead of just it being this like creepy autonomous thing um it doesn't really look at the fight scene doesn't really look nearly as good or as cool the major doesn't get quite as fucked up it's just not it's just not as good as the original the worst one though is the uh, bato thing right like in the original bato has these cybernetic highs just because like it, there's no explanation for him he just that's how he looks and it's cool and it's badass. In this one, they have to show a scene where he gets blinded and then has these really fucked up looking cyber eyes uh, put in. And they do not look cool. They look like they hurt. Cyber cop, you're on Greyjoy. Sorry, like <laughs> the fact that that actor, like it threw me off the entire time he was on Game of Thrones. I was like, that's Pato. <laughs> yeah. Put- I'm going to devil's advocate here. I thought that was cool. I was like, why does he have those eyes? Oh, because of the he got blown up. Oh yeah, that makes way more sense. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just assumed they were like, in, if you're a cyber cop, why the fuck wouldn't you have cyber eyes? It makes sense yeah. to me. But the American just, movie yeah. undercuts all of the points of the original movie, and this goes back to what you were saying about the spider tank being autonomous. 
in the original one is this one has, and this is socialist pandering here, but there's a corrupt figure at the head of the corporation. The problem is that we have Mr. Too Damn uh, uh, Trenchcoat leading the corporation. It's yeah. not that the corporation itself is the problem. You just have a bad man in charge. Oh, no, and he's using the spider tank for evil. Those are good spider <laughs> <Yeah>. tanks. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, and they ch- they changed the whole like cybernetic enhancement thing because the- they say repeatedly like Major is the first of her kind, like she's the first one to have a fully cybernetic body. When that's not the implication in the original anime at all, is like everybody's kind of got a little bit something something. Yeah, and that's like a big deal, um, especially in um, like with Togusa, kind of the normie, the normie cop. Um, and they're like, yeah, you're really weird. You don't have a lot of implants, you know. And that's something that kind of comes up with this character in both the movies and the tv series he's normal (laughs) yeah but now in like everybody's just normal and the major is just this one monster who is also a teenage uh girl too and she at the end of the film she reconnects with her mother with a hug which drove uh my japanese (laughs) friends furious because they said we i would never hug my mother like that (laughs) (laughs) they're erasing their culture (laughs) um i i am so stuck on the fact that they had an asian teen girl a japanese girl died and then there was a scientist who's like we gotta make her white (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i only it's almost like the original thing that where also, had the teen girls well you know what that strikes as untrue i mean they reversed it in this uh in this movie in a way that would never happen in actual anime they put a young girl in an older woman's body <laughs> this, this is anathema it's unbelievable that they would ever even consider this? doing this <laughs> yeah really good lord it's almost like super woke because it, it's like, oh, she died, but she'll have an easier time in our corrupt society as a white woman. <laughs> Is that what you want? Um, yeah, her greatest enhancement was white privilege. <laughs> <laughs> the privilege chip. Use your wow. Fendi bag. <laughs> I have an extra spicy take for this, and I don't know if I should save it for the end, but um, I will agree. Based on everything we've talked about, this movie is garbage. <laughs> that said, that said, I have seen the Full Metal Alchemist movie, and I have seen the Bleach movie, and live-action anime <laughs> recreations are usually way worse than this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. This one's way better than all of those. Yeah. What's so the gold I, standard for... Speed, uh, for speed Racer. I was going to say the same thing, Speed Racer. Does that count? I guess it is an anime. Yes. I, does Speed Racer really count? Did they yes. really adapt enough. the anime? It counts did they really ad- Did they really adapt the anime or just the visuals? Well, uh, I mean... It's the best we can do right now. What do you mean? It's the best we can do right now. We don't have the technology. <laughs> we don't have the technology to make good live-action anime. We need a chip that makes anime real. It's the only thing that will make these movies watchable. Where is you know, science on this? Finally, we need that you know, chip. You know, because with Ghost in the Shell, it like shouldn't be that hard because all Ghost in the Shell is trying to be is like American movies in a lot of ways, right? Like yeah. it starts off from the like you're making a copy of a copy of the thing that you're already doing and you fuck it up by like 
I think the really the difference is like time, right? Like it this, you know, Ghost in the Shell takes inspiration from films like Blade Runner. And then you try to make a new Blade Runner in 2019 and it just ends up not being very good, similar to um, Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> I guess there's something that's just been lost uh, in time, like tears and rain when it comes <laughs> to Hollywood and trying to create these big uh, sci-fi films. They've forgotten how to do them in an intelligent way that assumes the audience is intelligent enough to understand a little bit of brooding, a little bit of subtext, a little bit of subtlety. Instead, you always have to have the same story in every film. Yeah. Mm. All right. So final thoughts on American Ghost in the Shell. I think it exi- I think it it accomplishes exactly what it set out to do, which is to be another option when people search for the words "ghost in the shell" um, on iTunes uh, that people can buy. So I think that it exists, and that's what the goal was for the movie. And don't let them trick you. When you search "ghost in the shell," make sure it's the authentic one. Make right. sure 1995, the anime one. Don't let them trick you, or else they win. <laughs> All right, and not yeah. not two point oh, not two point oh. Now yeah. make sure, and definitely don't get two Ghost in the Shell two point oh either, because that's another trick. Um, <laughs> this was very interesting when I was looking for the movie. There is a Ghost in the Shell OVA, and this is, I guess, the sequel to Arise called the new one. Yes, that <laughs> one sounds one. like it was made by Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's another Ghost in the Shell. We got a we got a Android cop. <laughs> <laughs> It's the transmorphers of the Ghost in the Shell universe. <laughs> All right. One thing I need to say about um, the live action movie, just to how annoyingly lazy they got. They got so many good things right, but they got so many of the hard things right, like the visuals. But no two characters pronounce the name of the evil corporation the same way. <laughs> if you were like, uh, everyone pronounces it a different way. B. Takeshi is the only one who gets the pronunciation like right from a Japanese perspective, but nobody else, even the like the the CEO of the company doesn't know how to say <laughs> the name of his own company. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the GIF Hanka. or, or GIF type thing in their universe. <laughs> yeah. But it's an insidious corporation that takes over human minds all right folks that's struggle session for the day alex where can people find you great struggle session everyone uh that we've purged western thought from our village uh come in you know what if you're listening to this podcast just listen to my podcast once in a while if you run out of these huh um i'm on balling out super where we talk about anime we're Finishing up Dragon Ball Super, which is almost over on Adult Swim. So we're going to just be doing anime pilots for a while and doing like real niche stuff. It's going to be really fun. And then uh, if you like politics, listen to Pod Damn America. And yeah. some of those are funny and some of them aren't. Awesome. <laughs> All right, folks. That was Struggle Session. Have a good one. Bye, everyone. See ya. Bye.
like what you hear, want to hear more, check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or strugglesession.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.